Hello, and welcome to the Global Luxury Real Estate Mastermind with me, your host, Michael Valdez. Today's guest is someone who has done so much for so many people. He is a great human being, Brett Hagler, the CEO of New Story. Welcome to the show. How are you, my brother? I'm good, Michael. Thanks for having me on. Um, it's my pleasure. We were just in Cabo together last month. That was a lot of fun. It's so much fun. It's the first time I had briefly spoken to an in-person audience in a while, and uh, it was a blast. So Cabo with uh, the EXP crew was amazing. I know. We're going to get into that in this conversation, but that was just a lot of fun. But I know, you know, I want to just delve into your background a little bit. I did a little bit of research and you and I have known each other for a few years with my other company. And really the idea that your whole career has been around charity, which is so amazing to really have that perspective with someone who is, you know, so young and really your viewpoint was always for giving back to others. Can you just share with the audience a little bit about your background in this, in this yeah. charity world? Yeah. I mean, I, so I started a new story when I was uh, 24. So uh, before this, I had a, uh, I had a for-profit startup that basically failed. And uh, in college, I, I was just, I was, very entrepreneurial. I was obsessed with um, learning about business, about entrepreneurship, about startups, about innovation. I didn't yet know exactly what I would apply it to. I actually, I actually didn't even know yet that I would apply it to a social impact uh, organization. I just, I loved, I was so passionate about, um, about the entrepreneurial journey and about innovation and about uh, world-class business practices. And I love learning. So that was a little bit of like where I was coming from. And then I ended up taking a trip to uh, Haiti a couple years after the 2010 earthquake. And uh, I had never seen um, extreme poverty like that before. And, uh, and when I got down there and I saw the problem, uh, get a little bit more into um, what we do later, but then my entrepreneurial brain turned on of like, Whoa, this is such a massive problem. How can I apply my passion for entrepreneurship and business building and culture and all these things that, you know, you know, self-help learning, like I was just obsessed with all of that and still am. How can I apply that to, to this specific problem, which was, you know, families and kids not having um, adequate housing. And that was, that was how we got started uh, when I was, when I was 24. So that was the background. That is, that's insane. So it really came out of something that is so part of like something speaking to your heart, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, exactly. Singing to my heart and, you know, being willing to, uh, and, and I've seen, you know, all, all types of causes, right? So there's a yeah. million important causes, um, but it was like, what actually caught my heart and my attention? And it wasn't just the, uh, obviously the most important thing was, you know, people not having housing and us being able to partner with them to provide housing. But the other thing that got me really excited, Michael, was um, I was very frustrated with how a lot of the, at least from my perspective as a younger entrepreneur, uh, a lot of the existing charities were acting in a kind of outdated and like very traditional and like status quo way. And yeah. that also got me really fired up. So the intersection of how do you bring more innovation and a more um, kind of reinvent a traditional model, which is charity as I saw it. And with that, 
um, you know, the end result is providing more housing for families in need. That those are the intersections that got me so passionate, and uh, and but but I had to put myself out there and do things that were uncomfortable, such as you know start a startup right out of college that failed, but that startup uh, we actually started partnering with a charity that was in Haiti, and I went to go see that charity, wow. and uh, that was how I took my first trip to Haiti, and so because I put myself out there, right? I put myself in an uncomfortable situation of one, starting a startup that failed, and then two, going to uh, um, you know a, a, a country like Haiti, where then I was exposed to something that I wanted to dedicate you know, basically my life to. So what lessons did you learn from that failed startup that then you brought into what was a very successful company that you've created now Tell me how that journey came about. What did you learn from the first, I'm not going to even call it a failure, the first yeah. sort of like misstep? Yeah, yeah. In hindsight, it actually, I don't think it really was. We actually ended up, you know, giving back um, almost the money we raised venture capital. So it was almost like a break even, but but yeah, it was by no means a success from what we wanted it to be. Yeah. Um, I think that I learned, I, I, I tried to force it a little bit where I don't think that it was a good enough um like pain we were solving. It wasn't that the product we're offering wasn't as differentiated. So I learned like, don't force something like you need to really like feel the problem yourself. Right. So uh, this real estate transaction should be done better or more efficient, or there should be a better experience because I'm feeling the pain of a crappy experience. Right. And so I think one, like don't force it um, is what I learned. Uh, Another thing was that, you know, just sometimes you just, you're going to always feel like an imposter if you're making progress and you're trying things that are stretching you. And so um, when I was in my early twenties, like I was being forced to figure out how do I pitch to venture capitalists? How do I go in meetings and try to create big brand partnerships? And like, these were things I would never have dreamed of for maybe at least another 10 years if I had put myself in those situations early. So um, a lot of those mistakes and how I did that helped me learn how I could get better for then forming things at New Story. I actually love that because there was something that you said early on, and I've heard you say it in other interviews, which I think is so beautiful. It says you're either adding to the culture or you're detracting from it. And really the choice is yours. That's a powerful statement. What does that actually mean for you, Brett? Mm. Yeah, for me and you know how we've structured our culture and I've seen some of the best cultures I try to learn from. I think that you, if you're, if you're an employee or a team member and uh, you know, if you're just kind of like doing the, the basics, right? Like you're just, you're not sending off horrible emails. You're just, you're just kind of being like average basically. Then what you're doing is you're, you're the gravitational pull of the company is now going down to average because that average is now the like, standard right and so then and then if anytime if anytime someone does a little above and beyond right and that could be in just like how you care for one of your team members right like how you're just caring for each other or whether it's so you know not being being more prepared like those things shouldn't stand out right those are things that if you're part of a great company or you want to create a great culture that should just be the that's the operating like system, right? Is is like these things that you hold to a higher standard. So what I say is like, you're either like really adding and, and like supporting that. Or if you're just like 
kind of just doing the basics and being average, you're, you're really detracting. Like you're just, you're pulling it down. Um, and uh, and the, the best part about, you know, a lot of the, the culture stuff of being a great teammate is uh, it's all a choice, right? It doesn't, these are all things that are there. It's a choice. It doesn't require a certain IQ. doesn't require a certain MBA. doesn't, doesn't require any of that stuff. It's literally just choices that you could make of, do I want to go a little bit above and beyond in how I'm doing something? And that's the best thing is you have a chance to do that. You are what you attract, right? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. what it is. And you know, and and you and I share something else that I had read about you. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, you you're a cancer survivor. I was a cancer survivor in my twenties as well. And you know, it, it it for me, it's always like, and maybe it goes back to what you were just saying about that culture and how you see things and you're either adding or you're detracting for me it's sort of like after that journey it was like you become really very focused and it's just there's black and white and there's really not a lot of room for gray Mm. and so everyone always knows where i stand with things because i'm extremely transparent right and so was that the same with like your motivation and what what drives you because you're incredibly driven, which one of the, one of the most wonderful things that I respect about you. So tell me how that affected you. Yeah. So I had cancer um, when I was 18 and uh, I think in hindsight, looking back, uh, what it did was it, it it was my first like real uh, introduction to adversity and my real introduction that, I don't, I can't control everything. Right. It was my first introduction of things are going to happen that are totally out of my control. And there's really only a few things in life you can control. I would say probably the most, two most important ones are your attitude and how you respond to something and your effort. Right. And, uh, and, and I learned really early on that things are going to happen sometimes out of nowhere that you have no control over them. And then it's up to you of how are you going to respond, right? What is your attitude going to be in response? And I think as an entrepreneur, that has served me really well because, uh, you know, I've learned that it requires grit. It requires, you know, an attitude and a perspective, not to say that you can't get down or be really upset. And there could be, you know, mental health problems that come with that. Like there totally can through some of these, you know, these adverse uh, challenges that we go through. But you also have control over how you react and how you learn from it. And so that was probably my biggest lesson early on in life was like, man, stuff's going to come out of nowhere and uh, it could really suck. But as long as you're able, as long as you're fortunate enough to, to make it through and survive, um, you can learn a lot and it's going to make you that much better. So I love that because for me, it was, you know, and, and I say this and people are like, look at me like I'm insane. But for me, it was one of the greatest gifts. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. fact that it happened early in, in, in my life and, and early in, in, in yours, um, it, it, it sort of changes perspective. Totally. Right. And it's just sort of like, you know, people sort of say to me, dude, you're like insane. You're like opening a country a month with your team. And it's just sort of like, yeah, it's great. And so it just, you just keep going until, you know, it's sort of like, you don't, right. So you just keep moving. And I think that that's a wonderful sort of thing. Um, but I want to get back to news story. You started to start sharing 
a little bit about the idea that now you're sort of like at these crossroads, right? Everything you learned with your entrepreneurial spirit and really wanted to dedicate your life to charity. And so how did you actually merge the two? Tell me about those crossroads and how your business model changed for New Story. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, after I took that trip to Haiti, um, you know, the, the first thing I saw that caught my eye is, and if anybody goes on our website, our website, you can see this stuff. It's just newstorycharity.org was like, it blew my mind that, you know, where we are in the world, that there's still, you know, over a billion people that don't have basic shelter, right? And like, if you think of Maslow's hierarchy, food, safety, shelter, water, like, if you don't have that, you, it's nearly impossible to actualize your potential and increase your income or get a micro loan or, um, you know, improve your education or your health, right? It all stems from having that foundation first. And so I was exposed to that. And then I actually didn't think that I would try to start a charity. Um, I tried to go find ones that I could support. And when I was doing that, um, and, you know, I actually think this is a really great way for anybody listening to like get an idea for a, a kind of business as I was doing that, I was making a list of all the frustrations that I felt of how others were going about solving it. I felt like, man, if I give, I don't know what percent actually goes to the family. It feels like a black hole. It's kind of opaque. Uh, and then I knew like my friends kind of felt that as well. They're like, I don't really know if I can give there because I don't trust where it goes. Like I've yeah. seen all these headlines and, and I don't know who the family is. Like I literally maybe get an annual report at the end of the year that says, thank you. Like, I have no clue where it goes. Right. So like, like, well, that's a problem um, Two, like how these, uh, the homes are actually being designed. It's like, where is the risk taking? Is there any type of technology? Is there any type of new architecture? And it just felt like very traditional. Right. And so anyways, I made a long list of all these frustrations and I'm like, well, we have a clean slate to just from day one design an organization and expectations that would be, in direct contrast to these frustrations, right? And, and so that was the entrepreneurial side was like, okay, I know all these problems and we want to try to go about solving it in a different way. And uh, that's actually why I needed a new story. Wanted to create a new story and not just the families, most importantly, that we get to partner with, but also a new story in how we think about building a more modern charity. Um, stemming from a lot of those frustrations. And so that was how we started. And, um, you know, we kind of have a, three core principles that were in our DNA and still are today. Um, you know, one is just like transparency. So um, 100% of public donations, if anybody listening, if you donated $10 or $100,000, every penny would go towards um, building a house. And we're able to do that because we have a private group of, of small of donors um, that are, it's only about 50 people and they fund all of our overhead, all of our operational costs. So it's totally split, like church and state, totally split. Um, the other thing is that we track every every home and family that's funded. Um, we're able to put that and send it back to you. So you can see exactly what it is. Um, the next thing was we wanted to like really empower uh, local workers and local materials. And we wanted to create jobs with all of the communities that we build. So we've now created thousands of jobs because um, we just, we empower everybody that's already there locally. Um, and that's been amazing for us as we've scaled. And the last principle was just around, um, around innovation. You know, we wanted to be the kind of organization that would look at different problems, um, whether it was the donor experience, whether it was uh, how much the home costs, whether it was families not being able to get access to financing or any kind of like 
mortgage. Like we want to identify a problem um, and then come up with a better solution. And to us, that's innovation, right? It doesn't have to always be, you know, a really shiny, new, exciting, you know, brand new VR thing or 3D printing houses, which we do and it's awesome yeah. and exciting. But like, there's a lot of other ways you can do innovation, which is essentially just making something better or more efficient and effective. So that was kind of the early principles. And now as we've grown, we, we just apply those to, to different challenges that come in. So, you know, you've gotten so much big business involved. Mm-hmm. How did you sort of like find the heart of industry, if you will, to really sort of speak to them? Because I remember I went to a charity event for, your, for, your, for, for News Story a couple of years ago in San Francisco. Yeah. And I was sitting in the audience and you raised a million dollars in, in yeah. five minutes. Yeah. It was extraordinary. Yeah, 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 that's right. Um, that was a good one. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, you know, to be honest, Michael, a lot of our uh, corporate partners have come from either the real estate world, which makes sense because we do yeah. residential real estate in a little different way, but um, very impactful residential real estate, right? Sure. And then also really just from the tech and venture capital world. And, um, and that's what we've, we've tried to focus in those areas because we know we have a relatable, I mean, our, our mission's for everybody, of course, yeah. right? Like we try to be really focused in who are our customers, right? Just how, you know, if you're in, in real estate and you're listening. Um, and then we just, we try to build a really strong reputation and brand in those, in those two um, industries in real estate and in you know, technology and venture capital. And, uh, and if you do, if you're doing the right things with integrity and you're getting results, um, then people will talk. Right. And so right. I think we've been lucky to do that, um, but then you have to earn it every year, right? You have to earn it. But if I talk about innovation and, we're not making things better every year, then it gets stale, right? And if, if I'm talking about impact and we're not growing our impact every year, it gets stale. So you got to earn it every year. And, uh, and I think, um, you know, if you do the right things, people are going to talk. Absolutely true. Absolutely yeah. true. Yeah, that's also, the the bad things people talk to. You don't yeah. want to do that. <laughs> well, the, last, the last thing I'll say is um, – the other thing that I think we've done incredibly well as a young organization um, that's now in our sixth year, and one of the reasons why you asked, how did you get you know some bigger industry involved or you know advisors, whoever it might be, is I have this mantra that um, bold ideas attract bold people, right? Yes. And if you're not leading with a bold idea, it's really hard to attract a um, a bold, in our case, a bold funder or a bold team member that may want to quit a really awesome place to come change the world with us, right? Nobody, the people aren't going to do that unless there's a bold goal, right? It's like, why are people leaving to try to go work at Tesla or SpaceX or now what, you know, you guys are doing in, in real estate, right? It's, it's yeah. a very bold goal and that attracts bold people. And we've been able to, to do that. I love that. What motivates you now? So today I would say it's... Um, it started with with really this like intersection of how do we how do we refresh and bring more innovation to the traditional charity world because the output of that is more families impacted right like yeah. that was that was really what it is what what it started with and a lot of what it is today. Um, the other thing I would say that motivates me now is um, you know trying to there's this dichotomy of trying to um, to have, be very driven and have a lot of, you know, 
results and, and grow really fast and impact a lot of people. Um, that's amazing. And that's definitely like where I kind of trend towards. Um, and at the same time in doing that, being humble, being really compassionate, knowing that it's not just all about, you know, myself or our organization as we're trying to grow. Um, and so motivation just from a, how do I, how do I become a better leader, you know, in my early thirties. And a lot of that I think is around, is really around my, my character as well. So that's something today that, that I'm trying to work on. Well, I think you have a wonderful character uh, knowing you for a few years now, but I want to ask you something. Okay. So you're, you're 24 years old, right? You start this thing. And then you just started saying some things that you create bold ideas, attract some bold people, right? And the idea that you wanted to change the world. How do you at 24 decide, okay, I had, I had my first start out with my startup, didn't quite work out. Now I want to do this, but I want to do this across the globe. That's a huge, huge step from here to here. How did that happen? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, you know, we started, we started in one country, you know, then we went to a second country and then we went to a third country. Um, You know, right now we're actually trying to focus a little bit more in those countries before expanding. Um, But I think, you know, what I've learned, Michael, is I think one of the greatest, if not the, if not the greatest skill in any type of executive or entrepreneur is being able to identify and recruit talent. Right. So um, as you're thinking about expanding countries, right, like what are you doing? You're trying to go find the best person in that country to start right. to start running operations there. Right. And right. and we're we're doing a, something similar. Right. So um, and I think you want to still have a, uh, a similar a similar product that can you know, go across uh, country lines. You want to have a similar value proposition. And then, of course, there's going to be some changes if it's if it's global. But but then you would just you want to be able to find and have a really high standard and high bar for talent that you're going to bring on in that country. So that's how we've thought about it. I love that. Yeah. So how do you respond to somebody that sort of says, "What difference can one person make?" Yeah, it's a great question. I love this one. Uh, I have I have two two mantras. So. Yeah. The first one is uh, to, to dream big, but to start small. So in my early days, I wanted to one day, you know, hopefully impact a lot of people. But my first goal was just, how do I do this for one house? You know, at that time, it was $6,000 for a house, which, um, you know, obviously is, it, that's not cheap, but it's doable and be able to figure out how do you create a fundraising campaign? How do you create like, so, so dream big, but start small. I think so many people get paralyzed by all of the future challenges, right? And that paralyzes them from ever starting. And then the second thing I would say is uh, you can, and I actually really love this one. um, You can do for one, what you wish you could do for all. And, uh, and if you feel like, because it, it's so easy to get overwhelmed by by big problems, right? And um, but what I would encourage people to do, which everybody can do this to choice, right? Is you can you can do for one family what you wish you could do for a hundred million, right? And it's it's worth it to that one family um, if you were able to make that to make that choice. So I would just tell people that it's um, it's not necessarily about it's not about numbers. Um, it's about how can you use some of your 
your talent or uh, maybe some of your generosity to to help make you know another family's life better. And fortunately, we're all in a place where where we can do that. We're all part of the same human race, right? And it doesn't right. matter if it's just one or a hundred or a thousand. And That's it right. starts with what you were saying with that one, right? That's right. So yeah. tell me three things that you think have made New Story so successful mm-hmm. thus far. Yeah, the first thing, a little bit of what I already mentioned, but definitely yeah. just like making the choice to to set bold goals. Um, that, you know, I haven't, I'm definitely never like the like the smartest guy in the room. I didn't come from a super accomplished background, like none of that stuff. One of the things I've just been willing to do is like to be bold and know that there's a chance that it doesn't work, but you know, optimize but like but understanding that uh for any type of um outsized result, it has to come with risk. And so being bold is one reason. Uh number two is uh, just having a really high standard for the kind of people that we bring on to our team, especially as a charity. Um, this is something I'm currently really passionate about is like trying to reimagine what it looks like to join a charity. And we've just always have a, had a standard of, we want to recruit people that if they wanted to, they could be working at some of the best other companies in the world or startups. Right. And they're either leaving those companies and coming to us or they're just starting with us. So um, second thing would be having a really high standard for who we bring on. And what I would encourage people with, if they're listening is they're like, well, that's really hard. It's like, yeah, of course, that's one of the hardest things you can do. But if you start with a really core group of people, right, if you're going to go into a new country and you're able to get three or four amazing people on board, they're going to do the job of recruiting the next hundred people. Right? right. So, so, um, so that's something we've done. And then, uh, and the third thing that I think has made us success, successful, uh, we're off to a good start, would just be that we try really hard to like run away from anything that feels like average or mediocre. Like, I think it's just, if anything is average or mediocre to us, it's just, it's not worth doing. Um, and it just, it just doesn't drive, it's just, it's just so bland and it doesn't, it doesn't really drive results. So, and it's very easy as I'm learning, we're getting a little bit bigger now very easy to get sucked into just doing the more mediocre thing. Um, so we try to fight against that. You know, and, and that resonates in anything you do, right? It's the idea that mediocrity will just give you that result. That's right. So there's no way around that. Yeah. And um, so, you know, we started this interview by saying that we were just in Cabo together. And I know that we have an association that New Story is doing with EXP. Do you want to share with the, our audience what we're doing there? Yeah, we um, are just uh, just starting a partnership with with EXP to do uh, to fund and build a hundred houses in Mexico. Um, that's the first phase. That's a really really big goal, and um, and that'll be a hundred houses for almost five hundred people that will have multi generational housing. Um, it's going to help them, you know, one just have go from not having any type of safety or shelter or basic human needs to now. Um, a life-changing home that'll help them increase their income, improve their health, um, give them a chance to actualize their dreams. So that's it, 100, 100 Home Partnership, which is uh, absolutely amazing and exciting. Um, and, uh, and, you know, we're trying to create um, specific content for, uh, for agents or offices um, or other home builders, whoever it is in real estate, to, um, to really highlight the work that 
that they can do with us, right? That they can, yeah. that, that, you know, I see it somewhat as news story as being um, just kind of the intermediary between a company and, a, and an individual agent like EXP, where, uh, you know, they, news story is the one in the middle that is finding the families, you know, coming up with like the process and everything on the ground, getting the lands, but like, we're nothing if we don't have the partnership of, 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 a, of an individual and in real estate or a company that is now funding the families, right? So we, we view it as just like, how do we create the best experience to, to create, I'm sorry, to connect the, the company or the individual real estate agent with the family that is in need of housing? And, you know, our houses range from anywhere between on the low end, 6,000 US dollars to the high end 10,000 US dollars. So it's very uh, achievable for, you know, some individuals in real estate, but also um, to come together and crowdfund for some of these houses or for a company like you guys are doing and setting a standard of, uh, you know, doing a hundred homes, right? So that's what we're really excited about right now. You know, and, and, and so are we. And, and, you know, it was uh, one of the main reasons why I moved over to EXP is because of the philanthropic nature of the company. And, you know, this is, this is a company that because of its model literally changes people's lives. And that's what you're all about. Right. And so the synergies that we have are, are so exciting as to what we're going to be doing together. So thank you for your leadership on that. That's amazing. That's really, course, really great. Well, thank, thank you for you guys for, uh, for, for setting an example and um, help provide these 100 homes. Yeah. So here's a question that I ask all of my guests. Yeah. In your book of life, what's this chapter called? Dream Big, Aim High. Okay. I like that one. I like that one. And so, you know, we're going to be, um, we're going to make sure that all of the information for news story is on this when we air this, but tell me how uh, people can get in touch with you. Um, This is, um, this is a podcast that I'm very blessed is now uh, distributed in over 70 countries. So this is really a fantastic platform for people to really get involved and uh, really feel as though they're making a difference. So uh, tell us how to get in touch with New Story. Sure. So our website is uh, newstorycharity.org. Um, and it's the same on social handles. It's just News Story Charity. And then uh, to personally connect with me or if you want to learn more, I can direct people to folks on our team. Uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at uh, just my name. The handle is Brett Hagler. So find me on there and send me, send me a DM or, or, or a message and uh, we'll direct it to our, our team members. I love it. Well, Brett, listen, thank you so much for everything that you do. I mean, you really have an amazing heart, brother. And it's really so fantastic to be working with your collaboration again and really be focused on what we're doing. And thank you so much for the heart that you have in changing so many people's lives. I appreciate that. Well, thanks for the encouragement and the support and uh, and being a a great leader yourself that a lot of folks look up to for the right reasons. Thank Thank you, Michael. And thank you for all of you for listening. This has been the Global Luxury Real Estate Mastermind with me, your host, Michael Valdez. Mm-hmm.